you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. As always, the Chris Voss Show, the family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harshly as your mother-in-law, because uh, she's seen you and uh, she has thoughts. So I don't know what that means, but it sounded funny in the time in my head. So there you go, folks. Welcome to the Chris Voss Show. As always, we have the most amazing, brilliant minds, billionaires, CEOs, the hottest authors and, and uh, newest people, people that will make you think more or better. And some of you just need to think, for goddamn sakes. Uh, maybe you need to think more, and uh, we'll all be better for it because that's how it works, people. The world goes around. I don't know what I am. I'm just rambling at this point. Uh, anyway, guys, we have a returning guest on the show. We're excited to have him. He was here for uh, one of his books. Uh, John Rossman is on the show with us today. His uh, new book, his hot new book is coming out. You're going to want to pre-order this thing. Uh, it's coming out February 27th, 2024. That's 2024. Can you believe it? It's almost here. Uh, his new book is called Big Bet Leadership, Your Playbook for Winning in the hyper digital era uh john rossman once again uh is on the show with us today and uh, you can check out his previous uh interview on the chris Voss show just go search over the dot com he is the author of the latest book and the amazon Waybook series a former amazon leader and managing partner at rossman partners an advisory firm to helping clients compete in the digital era uh mr rossman is an expert in crafting and implementing innovative and digital business models and capabilities. He is a sought-after speaker on leadership, innovation, and company culture. And he was an early executive at Amazon.com. You may have heard of it. It's uh, It's been around for a little while, a few years now, I think, or something, where he played a key role of launching the Amazon Marketplace business as the director of merchant integration and went on to have responsibilities for the enti- uh, enterprise business at Amazon. Welcome to the show, John. How are you? Chris, great to be back. I'm doing great. Glad to talk to your audience again and catch up with you. There you go. I mean, that's really why you came on, right? Just to catch up with us. And, oh, yeah. Uh, have a coffee, say hello, and all that. Good stuff. And plug a book. Uh, give us your dot .com if you can find you on the internet, please. I'm sorry, say that again? Uh, give us your dot .coms so people can find you on the internet, please. Yeah, johnrossman.com. Um, and for the new book, it's bigbetleadership.com or LinkedIn. John Rossman is maybe the easiest of all. There you go. And I think you had a plug out you wanted to do or some sort of special thing. Yeah. So the new book, Big Bet Leadership, is releasing February 27th. And you can pre-order it at all the usual bookstores and everything. Or mm-hmm. or, or if you'd like a free Kindle edition of the book, mm. go to bigbetleadership.com, put in your information, and I will send you the Kindle version of the book when it releases the week of February 27th, 2024. And all I ask, and it's a request, um, write a customer review 
uh, it very much appreciated. It's a request to please write a customer review. But anyway, I'd be happy to send you a copy, a Kindle copy of the book uh, for U.S. listeners. There you go. I just signed up myself. I like uh, free stuff. Uh, so there exactly. you go. And uh, so it's kind of like an arc a little bit, only it's probably going to be a final copy then. Well, uh, final copy, it is an arc right now, but yeah, okay. you'll get the final copy when it's released uh, in, uh, in February of 2024. There you go. Uh, so give us an overview of this book. Why, what motivated you want to write it? Well, I work with my clients on solving really hard, complex business problems like why are our products becoming commoditized or why aren't we having the growth that we want? Uh, why aren't we becoming more efficient with our scale? And, you know, all, everybody is undertaking, you know, whether it's a digital transformation or, or some type of growth strategy. And what we know is that 85% of all of these big bets fail, right? They fail to deliver the promise of why we undertook them to begin with. And Have that's, you been hanging that's... out with me in Las Vegas? Those are different big bets. Exactly. And that's, that's my business, which is helping my clients win at these big bets. And so I had one client in particular, I got to be the senior innovation advisor at T-Mobile for a couple of years. And my client at T-Mobile, a gentleman by the name uh, of Kevin McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was writing some, uh, some different versions of what this book could be. And I finally came upon this, this framing of attacking the specific failure points of why these, these big bets fail. And I sent it to Kevin. He immediately called me back. He's like, man, I've been waiting for you to do something like this. So I talked him into being my co-author for the book. So the book builds upon everything that I've kind of you know, done since Amazon from the Amazon way, but it's specifically for senior leaders to help avoid the failure points for why all of these transformation strategies, operating model transformations, why all of these things fail. And it gives tactical principles and tactics in order to avoid these big failure points. There you go. And you break it down into three different sections. Uh, tell us about how that works. Yeah. So um, the way we framed the book was really from the introduction, which is that big bet leaders. So people like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, John Ledger from T-Mobile, they, they tend to have a set of critical habits that they do to, to be these consistent big bet legends, right? People mm -hmm. who consistently win at big bets. They do three things. They create clarity, they maintain velocity, and they accelerate risk and value. Mm -hmm. Now, there's, there's other things you need to do, but those were the three most differentiated habits that these legends of big bets make. And so we start off with that insight of like, hey, there's three habits what you need to create is what we call the big bet vector. If you think about how these situations tend to start is, is, hey, we notice some problem in our business, some problem from our customers, some competitive problem, and we become centered on that. Then we create some fuzzy notion of what this future is going to be, right? Here's, here's what it's going to be like when we're done with this journey, with this, with this strategy. But both of these things are fairly fuzzy in nature. Like we kind of agree on what the problem is and we kind of agree on exactly where we're going. 
And that's where the problem starts is because we have a fuzzy notion of the problem set and we have an even fuzzier notion of where we're going, then the journey is by nature circuitous, complex. Everybody thinks we're working together, but we're actually talking past each other. And it's super hard to be efficient. And that just starts the, the cycle, the failure points of cycle for these big bets. There's not one reason why these big bets fail. There's a combination of reasons, but it starts oh. with the lack of a well-defined problem that we're trying to solve and a specific hypothesis. This is the bet, right? I think mm -hmm. this is going to be the future. And if we can get a, alignment on that, then we're able to sprint between those two points to truly be agile in our testing. So the framing of the book, as you said, there's three sections to the book. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the first section is big bet thinking. The second section is big bet environment. And the third section is big bet management. And in each section, there's two or three chapters to address, address some specific failure points and habits that you techniques that you need to put in place to uh, address different aspects of failure points. And, but they tend to be in like how we think the, the environment in which we operate in, and then kind of our management technique through the life cycle of a big bet. There you go. Uh, so uh, let's, we'll dig into it here, but let's get a, a, a let's get, talk about your origin story and your journey uh, so that people can get familiar with that. You, you've done different things with Amazon, Google, the Gates Foundation, T-Mobile, et cetera, et cetera, advising hundreds of companies. Give us a bit of your history that people aren't aware of it so they can kind of hear uh, some of your background and what got you down this road. Yeah. So I, I'd say it's been a, a, a a curious and fascinating and joyful career, but it wasn't planned. Uh, it, it would, would you didn't plan the, Amazon? I, 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 did, I, didn't, I didn't see this path coming. So what I've always been is interested in efficiency and like, how do we get things to work better, right? And so I'm, I'm, a, I'm in nature a problem solver. I think about integration. I think about how to create momentum and leverage in order to, to create a great outcome for business. And um, I, I was an early leader at Amazon. So I launched the marketplace business in 2002. I, I left in 2005. I was then a partner at a, at a great management consulting firm called Alvarez and Marcel for 12 years, had lots of tremendous client engagements there, including I got to serve the Gates Foundation, for over eight years there, we did a ton of projects with them. And it was one of my clients at the Gates Foundation who actually came to me one day, like this is several years after I left Amazon. And he's like, you know, you do a nice job of taking the, the delicate strategies and techniques and putting them into our, into our business. And I, I think you ought to write a book about it. And so I listened to him and uh, something I had never thought about doing. And so released the first edition of the Amazon way in 2014. I've done three books plus the fourth one coming out now. And then these, these thing called keynote speaking started coming along. It's like, Oh, what a, what a great opportunity to impact leaders in a different way. So I started um, keynote speaking. So today my business is, a third uh, keynote speaking, a third advisory work with where I work with advisors and their teams over a long period of time. And then a third consulting work in the books are kind of my hobby. And um, it's just been, you know, what I love doing is helping business leaders solve complex problems in their business and develop the leadership and the culture so that they can do this going forward. So that it becomes part of their system for how they perform. 
There you go. Uh, so let's break it down a little bit. Let's tease out some uh, some of the things here. Uh, in the first uh, the three sections, big bet thinking. Um, I think you were. I, I, I think in that section is the one you were talking about, where everyone's got to kind of get on the the same uh, playbook of what the goal is or the end result is that people are searching for. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And so the first uh, chapter is um, called Thinking and Outcomes. And mm -hmm. and what it does is it kind of builds on the working backwards innovation technique from Amazon. Um, and so this was something Kevin and I did at T-Mobile was kind of like we kind of systematized for a non-Amazon company, this, this narrative writing approach. And so the techniques are about getting super clear about what the problem is, who the customer is, what their pain point is. We call this what sucks, right? If, if, to really <laughs> know like what truly sucks for the customer. Because what happens is you tend, when you do these exercises with companies, what they tend to do is they tend to list lots mm -hmm. of things as the problem or, um, versus like, well, this is the thing that is really the problem. And, if, and so if you can get clarity, remember, create clarity, right? That's one of the, the habits. If you can create clarity around, well, this is my customer and this is what sucks for them, then you can, and this could be an operational problem for yourself, right? So your customer mm -hmm. can be a, a variety of different types. Then you can really start setting in motion like, okay, what are the options for how we are gonna solve this? Then the, then the next thing is about this thinking and outcome concept of in what people tend to do, the natural inclination is to start trying to figure out the path for solving the problem. And what's a much more effective way is to actually specify what's the future state in a very specific notion and what are the high critical capabilities that are required for that future state. And or teams don't tend to think in that kind of specific um, targeted notion. They start to list lots of requirements and they start focusing on the journey versus the clarity of where we're going to even more. Uh -huh. and, and so this is the nature. And then it's kind of by writing these things out and debating. People always forget the debating part of the Amazon working backwards approach. They just think it's about the writing. No, 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 no. It's about the debating. This is actually the cheapest experimentation you can do. Writing and debating as a team is actually experimentation. And they forget that it's the best experimentation they can do. Everybody just starts, wants to start buying technology and, and doing MVPs. These are true MVPs. And mm -hmm. then this, the second chapter um, in, in this section talks about benchmarking, really. And, and, and benchmarking, again, Great concept, go out and learn from others is essentially what benchmarking is about, right? Like, what can we learn with others? But what they don't do is they don't get specific. Like, well, well what's the specific attribute or capability about my competitor that I should bring back to influence the concept that I'm building? So, for example, let's imagine you were going, you, you're a grocery store operator and you're trying to figure out how would I make a much better buy online, pick up in store capability. Chris, do you do that today? Do you buy online and pick up at stores or do anything like that? Uh, I, I have I have from time to time, especially during COVID. Yeah, yeah they, they're, they're pretty, they tend to be a pretty rudimentary customer experience <laughs> and, and they don't tend to be great operational um, endeavors within these organizations. So let's imagine the problem you're trying to solve is to create this 
completely differentiated buy online, pick up in store. Well, what we would suggest is that you're going to go benchmark the three best buy online, pick up in store operators, find mm -hmm. one that is a direct competitor, and then find two that are in adjacent industries where you think you can learn something. So the, in, the, in the book, we talk about like, hey, if you're a grocery store operator, like the one that I know does a really good job at this is a fashion retailer by the name of Nordstrom. Nordstrom does mm -hmm. a great job at buy online, pick up in store. Oh, really? So now that we're focused on, well, here's the scenario. Then you could go be a mystery shopper. You could go do these things and you'd have a, a, a directed eye towards understanding exactly what the customer experience is. And you could probably gain a little insight into, well, how does the operations actually work? How is it working for them, right? Again, you're experimenting by doing this and by writing it out you get to share it with your team. So that's really the essence of the first section of thinking uh, thinking and outcomes there. So, uh, and, and to that point, it's really interesting, you know, to go and check out your competitors. I'll never forget one of the famous uh, lessons in, in uh, phone sales was when the Palm Pilot CEO launched the Palm Pilot and it wasn't anywhere near as good as the iPhone. And he admitted that he had never used or tested using an iPhone before they developed what was supposed to be an iPhone killer. And this is, this is what I continually find is that, you know, people, people are, are lazy. Um, they are fundamentally lazy in, in, in their willingness to go out and kind of do directed homework. And so if you can incorporate these little habits, you're going to be so much better at the experimentation and essentially Yes, a big bet is a big concept. It's something that we think has high promise, but we know fails. But if you can go about in this direction, you're actually, you're going to win big, but you're actually going to be decreasing your risks before you substantially lay the bet down. There and that, that's, that's the whole notion of, of the principles behind the book, which is, you know, a big bet is different than a, a, a no, something we understand well, right? A big bet this is a strategy where we think it has high potential for impacting our business, but we know it has material and sub, um, substantial risk to it. Okay, now I need to operate differently in how I do this. And everything essentially needs to be an experiment. And the best experiments you can do are the, the, the kind of big bet thinking experiments that we were just talking about. There you go. I, in the 90s, we used to do uh, oppo research uh, by dumpster diving. But uh, exactly. Yes. Yes. There's there's ways to get to it. You know, we talk about there's a ton of these expert interview services that allow you to go talk to, you know, competitors, customers of competitors, former competitors, all of that. That it, but it, and so if you can do that again in a really specific directed way, you are accelerating the experimentation process to make these big bets both hit the value propositions like why you're doing these things. So keeping your ambitions big, but capping your risk, your downside relative to these things. There you go. Uh, you know, you're mentioning debating earlier. What we have in my office is we take debating to the next level. We have a uh, cage math, cage match to the death uh, matches, and that you know that helps keep the that helps keep the uh, employees thinned out too. So you know, well, you don't get too much well, management. One of the um, techniques we talk about 
uh, in the book is around this concept called uh, rude Q&A. And, oh. and so in so many companies, they're uncomfortable in having these direct types of challenging conversations. Mm-hmm. And so there's this concept called rude Q&A. And the, the whole key to it is that you announce that we're going to have rude Q&A, you know, to, to talk about this specific project, this idea that we have and everything, right? And so if you, if you let everybody know, like, hey, we are going to be playing devil's advocate. Our job is to pressure test by, by pushing against this concept and asking the hard questions. Mm. Well, then, then everybody knows like, Hey, don't take this personally. You know, don't let your feelings be upset about it. We're going, we're going to specifically attack the concept. Mm. Again, this is the best experimentation you can do. You just need to facilitate it correctly, right? You got to get people comfortable with the concept of like our job is to understand these these concepts so much better with better clarity up front so that we can actually accelerate testing and getting to that value. There you go. I'm just going to have Rudy Giuliani uh, show up and scream out, trial by combat. No, I, I don't know. Can you can you get this to go by HR with, you know, this this whole micro, micro, uh, what was that bullshit they're doing now? The micro... Uh, aggression aggression yeah shit like come on man uh, i i, I agree <laughs> i don't know if you can get away with the rudeness so well, you well good, good transition to the second section so the second section of the book <laughs> is about big bet environment right and uh-huh. one of one of the things you have to do is not play by the common rules of an organization if you want to truly win at these big bets you have to be ready and you can forecast where these where these tripwires are going to come in. So, for mm-hmm. example, one of them is around your typical types of policies, and this this is something that kind of happened with Kevin and I, which is you know we're running this new business incubation program, and we needed to hire an expert, and we were we were moving along fast, but then all of a sudden we had to get HR and procurement involved, and now all of a sudden we're running we're playing by the common rules of how HR and procurement work. Well, that works for a scaled business, right? Where you're trying to optimize for, you know, kind of risk and cost per unit and scalability, right? But that's different than the game we're playing. We're playing speed to experimentation, speed to learning game. We're playing a big bet game. So what you ha- what you can do is you can forecast this. You have to Get your stakeholders. You're a senior leader. You have to get your stakeholders aligned like, hey, I respect your policies, your approaches, but we're playing a different game here. So we're going to have to have some different rules in which we play, but you need to bring them on board. You need to prepare them for these moments so that, so that when you come saying, Hey, I need to hire this AI expert and I need him here next week. And I know the person and it's going to be an egregious uh, rate per hour, but this is the right thing to do. They go, Oh, okay. I understand why you're doing that and everything, right? Here's here's the escape valve to to in order to go do that. But that's the sort of thing in big bet environment that we ta- we tackle in this in this section is all about setting the environment so that you can play to win the game. There you go, and in the timing, right? So you can advance the timing because you're you're always running on a time clock. Your competitors are going to beat you to market with whatever the new big thing is, right? Not only that, but internally, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why these big bets fail is because they lose momentum, right? So remember, the uh, second critical habit is maintain velocity, right? Why did I pick uh, the word maintain? 
Well, because all of these things always start off with, yes, we're all in, we're going fast, you know, and it moves, but then it quickly decays into just standard business as usual, business as usual, right? It's treated like every other type of thing in your business. Mm -hmm. You can't allow that to happen. You have to maintain the velocity. So all of this big bet environment stuff really helps maintain velocity. The other, the other big, you know, one of the big inhibitors that comes in is, is, you know, your IT partners and your technology environment. You Mm -hmm. have to find ways to create a separate environment where you can quickly, truly quickly test the, the, the relevant technology concepts without having to get in line with your IT organization with their roadmap and everything. If you can't solve for that problem, you are, you are really unlikely to have success at these big bets. So we, we come equipped with a bunch of little tricks and approaches in order to help avoid these, these well-known, well-understood tripwires that happen with, within big bets. And, you know, only read this book if you actually want to win at these big bets, right? If you, if you just want to kind of say you're playing the game and everything, like, great, go, go ahead, go, go, go use the normal techniques that, and, and everything. But, but call me if you actually want to win. I'm, I'm going to have some cold water medicine for you. Like, these are, change, these are true changes that you need to make. But if you want to win at these major transformations, you got to be willing to do some different things. Definitely. And as you mentioned, the title of the book or the subtitle of the book uh, for winning in the hyper digital era, I mean, it's just getting crazier, especially with AI. It's really the speed of everything is moving. I, I'm I, even now I'm starting to go, hey, can we just uh, slow down for a bit, man? I right. Oh, I, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. And so the, 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 the preface of the book kind of sets up this hyper digital uh, environment. And essentially the premise of the book is, is if you think the past, you know, call it 25, 30 years of digital transformation has, has created change, has created disruption, has been hard, has been tiring for companies, the next 30 years are, are going to be exponential to that. And that's because of a combination of, of forces, including the disruptive technology, but it's not solely that as the force. And, and so companies and leaders who want to win through this coming hyper-digital era, instead of just 
maybe make do or lose in this coming era. Well, you need a different playbook. You need to create transformation as a core capability. And that's what Big Bet Leadership does is it helps you create transformation, the ability to fundamentally change as a core capability as a company, as a leader, and as a leadership team. And that that's what I'm trying to prepare my clients and, and the reading audience for. There you go. You know, I like the the big idea concept of focusing people on to what everything is doing. It might have been you who was on the show, but uh, somebody had talked about um, and giving me an impression um, about how a lot of teams, you know, they're, they go off, they, you know, there's a million different goals and di- different ways they can go. And, and, you know, they can have their own little goals for what they do, but trying to get the ship to sail as a whole with everyone focused on giant, a uh, few giant goals or whatever your main goals are is so important because otherwise it gets lost in all that minutia. Uh, you know, it's like trying to say, Hey, we want to take our ship and go to London. And people are like, well, where's London at? And I'm like, Eh, big continent over there somewhere on the side of the on the other side of the Atlantic, you know. <laughs> well, it get, it gets to one of the the topics in the book, which is uh, a chapter called championship habits. And so huh. the two the two habits that we talk about there of like like that make champions, not winning teams, but championship teams, right? Mm-hmm. Is the ability to create culture and the ability to communicate. And so we really hone in on the communication challenge for senior leaders on these big bets. And we get, we of course, give a set of remedies and a set of tactics and help do this. But the, the overall key is being specific, on point and repeatable about where we're going, mm-hmm. right? Not, and what happens is, leaders are vet are they, they talk too much about like essentially what sucks about the current state right like what's not good about today um it's interesting it helps create an appetite but it actually doesn't help people understand where we're going or they talk in this vague notion about where we're going right back to the big bet vector you need to be specific about where we're going and so what most leaders do is they'll talk about like you know we're having a supply chain transformation or we're going to you know radically improve the customer experience well you know to some degree like great but on the other hand it's like man that is as vanilla as vanilla can get yeah. here what does that be, mean be spe- exactly be specific yeah. so for example maybe maybe what you want to do is is uh if we're talking about like a supply chain transformation it's you know we want to be able to deliver any package within 2 days on x cost basis right Oh man, if you were able to be specific like that and you were repeated about it, it would keep everybody focused on that North Star. This is where we're going. Everybody can kind of internalize, oh, that's gonna, that's gonna create some change. Here's what's coming, you know, and everything. Everybody can gain alignment relative to it. And you as a leader, you're gonna be able to to test it. Like, hey, are we are we achieving this or not? Right. And and you're gonna be able to substantiate the business case, like all this goodness of just the difference between we're going to make our supply chain faster versus being able to state a specific operational objective relative to it. 
There you go. Cable companies do that. They say, hey, we want to spend more time with our customers understanding them. So they make it so you stay on hold for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Make, Brilliant make, 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 make the v, put a few more branches in the VRU, right? Yeah, and then play the same five-second loop of uh, the worst music you can think yeah, of. I, you know, I still think that is some of the worst customer experiences. Oh, yeah. uh, I, yeah. I, you, you know, I was on one uh, last week, and... Um, I was five layers deep into the menuing system, right? And so I finally hit zero. Great. We're glad to connect you into an operator. But then they actually sent me to another menu structure where I had to select it and everything. It was just, it was just horrible. Um, and once I finally got to an operator, I had to completely reintroduce, yeah, yeah, myself, yeah. reintroduce myself, whereas I had already validated myself and the whole issue through all of this menu and stuff. And so it's just... It's just horrible. They should they should force more people, board of directors and stuff, to have to go through their front, the front of their you know their entry point uh, and experience what people experience. Well, well you you know what they do for all the senior leaders and important people is they have VIP lines for them. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and so and so they get treated better than any other customer yeah. does. Yeah. It's it's the exact opposite of what you should do as a senior leadership team. Yeah. You should you should say, well, actually, I'd like to experience. What's the worst ex customer experiencing today, right? Not what the average is experiencing. Ask what the worst customer experience is. I want to go experience that. That's going to change your perspective. That, that was yeah. the type of move we would do at Amazon is we would design metrics and do surveys about the worst customer experiences, not the average customer experience. It gives you a whole new level of insight into, into what's going on and where's my operational capability at. There you go. I, I had an experience this, uh, and this is kind of a more basic model than a big business model, but I had an experience uh, this weekend where I went to a really nice fine dining lodge on the lake. And uh, and it's beautiful. It's one of the few places here in Utah where you can eat on the lake and it's it abuts the lake. And, and it was just a beautiful day and you, you can be on the patio. They, they play incredibly well like fine dining does. And the prices are there. But the uh, wait, the waiter experience was awful. Like I don't know where they got these people, but I've I've gotten better service at the counter at McDonald's, and uh, you know they they didn't have a clue what they were doing. Multiple things bung. I ordered fries, the fries didn't come, and so I asked one of the other helper people that does backup for the waiter. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, this fries coming or what? And I'll check on them. So like two people just fucking blew it off uh a couple people around me were having problems too getting the drinks and and so i ended up leaving early for dessert and going up to sundance and and spending some more money at sundance for dessert and uh uh so i did the equations for them i said here's what i spent at sundance here's what uh you lost at the thing because you just haven't trained your weight staff and i had a friend say to me he goes he goes well you know chris it's hard to hire people now i'm like it it's not hard to train people <laughs> right and and uh basically they lost about 40 percent of upsells and i'm like you have 50 people in the room your your place is largely half empty because probably this is an ongoing problem and uh you know i i added up how much they were probably losing on a hourly basis and i'm like and all you gotta do is just train these people man like and give a shit 
and, and, and think through the in incentive systems, right? Yeah. Like, so, so training, absolutely critical, right? Mm -hmm. uh, doing the math, doing the business case like you were doing, absolutely critical. Well, then how do you gain alignment um, between your, your staff and what you want to accomplish? So mm -hmm. think uh, in incentives are always such an important part of creating any mm -hmm. type of, of, of change. And so bringing it back to big bad leadership, of course, one of the, the, the stories we talk about is how to gain internal alignment. So this is in the big bet management section, and it, it's about truly gaining alignment at the executive team level. Because typically what happens is all the executives look around the room and they go, all right, you know, I'm reading the tea leaves. I'm on board with this for now, you know, and everything, right? <laughs> But but really, what typically happens is we're asking them to do some to, to agree to something that they don't fully understand, right? You you come in with this big rehearsed PowerPoint presentation, maybe a vi compelling video of what you're doing, and 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 the question that they get asked is, you know, uh, what don't you agree with out of this? Well. That's a that's an unfair homework assignment that you're asking somebody to, somebody to do. You know, play the what's missing game or like what don't you agree with? So a much better way of gaining broad senior shareholder alignment is what we call the three futures memo. And so what you what you do is instead of creating this highly produced video or PowerPoint. You write three different versions of a simple memo of what the future is, right? And they all have to be viable options and, and aligned on kind of, hey, we're going in this direction, but here's three different versions of what that direction could be. You give it to your stakeholders to read beforehand. It's a, it's a simple read. Then you get together and you ask a different set of questions. The types of questions you ask are, well, which of these three versions would you agree to? What would you have to be true about the other two versions for you to agree that th that's the correct version? By having that type of what we call homework assignment, that type of environment to gain alignment, what you're truly doing is you're, you're getting much deeper, much better comprehension by your environment. And it surfaces all of the, the un under the waterline tensions, alignment issues, incentive issues, competing interest issues, so that an executive team can truly align on this is the big bet we're making, and we are all truly on board and understand the subtle nature of where we're going with this. There you go. Incentives to get people to want to do better and do more and be better, et cetera, et cetera. Um, That's right. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a way to get them motivated. Because yeah, there are all those people who are like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, the the PR BS, whatever. I'm gonna go back and just do whatever I want. Or there's some people that are sabotagers. They're saboteurs. You know, they're like, I'm not gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge my bets and try and screw this up. Like that guy in Parks and Recreation. Anytime something new comes around, he's like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> well, well, we we have a term for that, which is a GFer. Uh, so a GFer is a grin effer, right? Uh -huh. um, so it it it's somebody who smiles and goes, hmm, I understand. You know, it's typically <laughs> like you th you think you have agreement with them. You think you have like, yeah, you know, we're on board, but but really they're just GFing you. Wow. There you go. I'm gonna have to write that one down and and I'll hand out shirts or give hats out to who they are. And they can I'm like, you have to <laughs> you wear need this a hat that office. says you're a GFer. You're a GFer. 
and uh that way it'll be like the mark of the beast or a scarlet letter uh or you know we'll be like you're the gf or the thing so uh this is a great vision thing and i like how you give a lot of tips and, and tricks for people to utilize it and implement it because you've you've done what you've done what you know a lot of people make the mistake of doing it's not defining it and i like the clarification part that's really important as well what have we touched well, on or teased on about the book well, well here's here's the last thing which is the mm -hmm. the book is way more than a book so the book tells a nice story you know you don't want to ask a, a book to do too much and everything but we're when you buy the book or or get the free version uh, of the kindle version you'll get access to a set of templates and tools that will actually help you put this into practice and everything right so we kept the book very readable uh, didn't make it too long, but the book comes with a bunch of tools, templates, and and um, some AI prompts to help you actually do these things in your job. So buying the book is more than just buying a book. Mm -hmm. There you go. Uh, and so much more you can learn from. Give us uh, uh, the uh, .com and what people can do to uh, get a free copy of the book there on the Kindle version. Yeah. So go to bigbetleadership.com, fill in your information, and you'll get uh, the Kindle version of the book when it releases next February. There you go. There you go. Well, it's been wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you very much, John, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Chris, always great. Uh, thank you again for inviting me. There you go. And thanks to my audience for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, and TikTok at Chris Foss One. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time.